Hello, welcome to this special edition of MLEX's podcast. My name is James Paniki. I'm MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor. Today we're leaping into your feed midweek to talk about one of our most recent special reports that covers the extraordinary regulatory developments in Australia. It's called Pushing Back at Big Tech, and it was written by MLEX's Sydney-based senior correspondent Laurel Henning and me. The report is an attempt to summarise and make sense of Australia's bold experiment with regulation that targets digital platforms, more specifically Facebook and Google. Of course, MLEX has been covering developments since the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission launched its 18-month digital platforms inquiry at the end of 2017. And as the flowchart in the first few pages of the report shows, that inquiry has spawned its very own family of enforcement initiatives, legislation and probes, with an impact also on the review of mergers and acquisitions. And that's the thrust of what we have written. It's about understanding the legacy of Australia's digital platforms inquiry and how that probe has placed Australia at the forefront of a global conversation about big tech regulation. Now, the big headline-grabbing impact of Australia's digital platforms inquiry has been the compulsory media code of conduct, which forces platforms to pay media companies for use of their content. But equally significant has been the inquiry's legacy on mergers and acquisitions. For example, the ACCC has parted company with its European counterparts by expressing serious concerns about Google's acquisition of smart watchmaker Fitbit. The Australian regulator has expressed similar concerns about the Facebook Giphy deal. Both of those mergers have now been completed, but the ACCC is continuing its review behind closed doors. There are also significant long-term reports now underway. These are areas that the ACCC felt it hadn't been able to cover in great enough detail with the original Digital Platforms Inquiry. So our report examines the Digital Advertising Services Inquiry and the Digital Platform Services Inquiry, the latter now covering both app stores and search engines, and in a recently completed report, also private messaging. Then there are the three consumer lawsuits now underway in Australia targeting Google and Facebook. These are all significant pieces of enforcement because they appear to have been informed by the knowledge gathered in the original probe. Of course, if you're interested in downloading a copy of the special report, just go to our website, which is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's mlexmarketinsight, all one word, dot com. Now, as I said, MLEX correspondent Laurel Henning has been writing about all of these issues that have been covered by the special report, and most recently she has been taking an interest in the media code, which attracted global headlines when Facebook threatened to remove all news from its feeds for users in Australia, a threat that the social media company later backed away from. Laurel is on the line from Sydney right now. So, Laurel, uh, tell us why this legislation to create a media code is in fact significant? Well, James, if there is one part of the ACCC's digital platforms effort where we hear the phrase world first or world leading more often than anywhere else, it is here. 
Whereas the EU went down the route of copyright law as a way to try and get Google and Facebook to pay for news content, the ACCC was determined to pursue a purely competition law approach. Why is that? Well, because the penalty breaches would be significant for companies. They're quite harsh under Australian competition and consumer law. And the law is designed, uh, the media code, to make digital platforms pay publishers for the news content they host. It's meant to provide what regulators have called a backstop to commercial talks. So if news companies are trying anyway on their own separately from the media code to negotiate a deal with Facebook or with Google and it just isn't going anywhere or they're dissatisfied with um, the financial offers that are on the table, the idea is that they can fall back on this legislation and negotiate within the bounds of the code. Now, to negotiate a deal under the Media Bargaining Code, a publisher must first register with Australia's media regulator. Then, if it is still unhappy with the negotiations that are happening under the umbrella of the Bargaining Code, it can request to go to final offer arbitration. This is sort of a backstop to the backstop of the code itself. This is the most contentious part of the law when it was under negotiation. This is where we saw most of the opposition coming into play. Um, And the idea here was that So, well, the idea is, as this plays out, is that an independent arbiter oversees these final offers made by the news publisher and the digital platform, respectively, for what they think the news content is worth. So why was this issue of final offer arbitration so contentious? Well, Google and Facebook really took issue with this. And I should say as well, just to clarify, that initially it was Google Search and Facebook Newsfeed that were the main targets of this law. And they objected to um, the arbitration model in particular with with Facebook actually carrying out that threat that you had mentioned earlier in the podcast of removing news content from all Australian users' news feeds because of how uh, the value was calculated. So at one point in the drafting of the legislation, it was actually worded in terms of purely the value that digital platforms gain from hosting this news content on their sites or platforms rather than also taking into account the value that news publishers gain from having their content on digital platforms as well. So the the value going both ways was what Google and Facebook were arguing for and is what is in the final piece of legislation. But also the underlying concern, and, and that really dominated discussions as well, was that why are we getting into a situation where one form of content on the internet is being given preferential treatment in terms of um, compensation over all other content. That was something we heard frequently from Google in particular. Mm. And we should clarify for international uh, listeners that um, news content is back on Facebook for Australian uh, Australian users. Tell me something about that. How did they finally reach a compromise there? That was the topic of and the result of last minute, very last minute concessions on the part of government. Um, so I think this was confirmed within about 24 hours of the, the law actually entering into force or perhaps even the same day. My, my memory is now a little faded on that. But now we, we still don't know actually which digital platforms will be covered by the law itself. As we've mentioned before, the, there's the, the law of the media code, how the media code works, and then there's this separate designated act under which the Australian government gets to decide which platforms actually will be covered by it. But 
Um, that's yet to happen. There seems to be a sort of level of uncertainty among sources that I've spoken to as to whether that will ever happen. But the law itself has led, or the threat of it, has led to digital platforms making their own deals with news publishers in the meantime, most recently News Corp announcing its deal with Facebook, for instance. And in fact, where we've ended up with is, as I've mentioned, this this level of uncertainty and, and whether there will be designation. But the main point is that the designation decision is contingent on this idea of whether the digital platforms can demonstrate that they have contributed significantly to supporting news. But James, another area that caught the attention of regulators around the world was the ACCC stance on Google Fitbit, or more so its decision to go its own way in terms of its review of the deal. Isn't that right? Yes, that, that, that is true. Google's um, $2.1 billion US dollar acquisition of smartwatch maker Fitbit was announced towards the end of 2019. By February 2020, the ACCC had launched an informal review of the deal, then released a statement of issues, which is the, you know, the, the local equivalent of an, an in-depth uh, review, which highlighted a number of concerns that it had. It then aligned its decision deadlines with those of the European Commission, and we know that the ACCC was speaking to the Europeans and to some extent, I suppose, um, piggybacking on the European investigation in the sense that there was obviously quite a, um, a, an intense exchange of, of information. Then came the real showstopper, as you uh, just described. In December 2020, the European Commission announced that it had accepted the behavioural remedies put forward by Google, which were designed to allay competition concerns. A few days after that announcement, the ACCC said that it would in fact go its own way on this, saying that it had rejected the very same remedies, or more or less the same remedies, and concluded that those remedies would be impossible to enforce. After that, um, Google went ahead and finalised the deal, so it thumbed its nose at the ACCC's decision in the sense that um, it wasn't waiting around for the Australian regulator to um, to reach a conclusion, uh, and will now have to deal with any court action in Australia if and when that happens. And we've talked about the review quite extensively in our reporting because it did appear to highlight the ACCC's concerns with the accumulation of data through mergers and also its reluctance, the regulator's reluctance, to accept behavioural remedies rather than structural remedies. Yes, that's right. The Google Fitbit review touched on a number of key issues highlighted by the Digital Platforms Inquiry and the ACCC's decision uh, to, to go its own way on this deal points again to what appears to be the ACCC's belief that it understands big tech um, and big tech's business model uh, better than others, or at least it has a more thorough understanding of what big tech is up to. Now, the the key offer put forward by Google was, in fact, a 10-year moratorium. That's the word that we've used to describe it, at least a 10-year moratorium on using Fitbit's uh, previous health-related data for marketing purposes. Now, this is uh, clearly an issue that uh, touches on privacy and consumer issues. I mean, you know, the, the use of health data is always going to be uh, I suppose, an ethically and, and legally uh, fraught uh, domain. But the ACCC is particularly worried about the deal's impact on competition. Uh, the, the Australian regulator uh, believes that by controlling that much fitness data and being able to combine it with its Android operating system, Google 
uh, could end up dominating the market. So it's a competition issue on that front. Uh, it would also uh, possibly be able to squeeze out rivals and to stifle new uh, entries. On the issue of remedies, yes, we touch on this as well in the uh, special report. The ACCC appears to be uh, particularly intransigent on this issue and is, I suppose, on, on this front at least, um, closer to the FTC's position in the US uh, more so than the position of the European Commission. The ACCC says that um, undertakings really aren't worth the paper they're written on and that merging companies will say anything to, to get a deal across the line. The only acceptable solution to competition concerns are therefore uh, structural. Now, as to whether or not uh, Australia's judges agree with this, um, if and when the Fitbit deal makes its way to court, well, that remains to be seen. As we know through our coverage of the uh, of an unrelated case, that of Pacific National, which is an Australian logistics company, judges simply don't see the problem with legally enforceable undertakings. Courts are used to enforcing contractual arrangements uh, and simply don't believe that there's any problem with dealing with acquisitions in the same way. Uh, Laurel, I mentioned privacy and consumer issues in passing just now, but in our special report, we've also mentioned that when it comes to enforcement of these issues in Australia, it's not privacy law that's being used, it is rather consumer law, and that is uh, placing the ACCC in the driver's seat. Tell me something about that. Yeah, well, that's absolutely right, James. In large part, I think because of those uh, large consumer and competition penalties that we that we mentioned earlier. The maximum penalty for a consumer law breach far outstrips maximum penalties currently available under privacy law in Australia. Um, that is a piece of legislation that's under review, but that's the lay of the land as it is today. All of these lawsuits that we're covering at the moment touch on data privacy issues while also being framed squarely in consumer law and the idea that Google and Facebook have misled consumers in the way that they have phrased or made available information about the data that they that the companies collect and use. Um, so there are three main cases that we're following here. We refer to them between you and I as Google One and Google Two. Um, so just for our readers just to, to unpack that a little bit, Google One, as we refer to it, is, um, and that's only because it happened first, that's why we, we refer to it in that manner, um, refers to Google's Android operating system and the location data that Google collected on Android devices over a specific time period via um, location data and web activity and the way that it had or had not allegedly informed users of, of how it was doing that. Google 2, again, only in terms of time frame, is referring really to the expanded uh, collection of data carried out by uh, Google following its merger with DoubleClick, the expanded way that it, um, it used that personal data gathering for targeted advertising. So we're still in very early stages of that lawsuit, um, but the, the, the Android lawsuit, we're actually now just waiting for a judgment that could happen any time. Um, the third consumer lawsuit in this arena that we're now discussing um, would be the ACCC versus Facebook and Onavo, um, which is um, an application that Facebook acquired um, and the application was sort of designed around the idea that it would keep users' data protected and safe. Um, but actually, the allegations um, centre on the fact that Facebook perhaps misled consumers by using the data it collected 
through the app for its own commercial gain. And despite what I've said about privacy law, the privacy regulator does have a lawsuit, um, a landmark lawsuit against Facebook relating to its Cambridge Analytica data breach. That, though, is stuck in appeals over which part of Facebook should be involved in the lawsuit, um, a debate I expect might also come to the fore in the Anavo lawsuit we've, we've also discussed today. Okay, Laurel, uh, there's clearly much more to this special report than we've been able to summarise in this uh, podcast, so we can only urge our listeners to download the report and have a read of it. Our website is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just head for the News Hub tab and click on Special Reports, and you can download it in just a couple of easy steps. Uh, Laurel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. Thank you, James. Laurel Henning is an MLEX senior reporter based in Sydney, Australia, and she's been leading our coverage of Australian and New Zealand regulatory affairs over recent years. I'm James Panicki, MLEX's Asia-Pacific senior editor based in Melbourne. Thanks for being with us today. MLEX podcasts will return to your feed as usual this coming Friday. I hope to speak to you then. Bye for now. Bye for now.